In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data, so we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, overlooking the can of worms in downtown Rochester, New York, this is the Computer Exorcist Podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Arena. I am so glad you are here with me today. I We have another special guest episode. Uh, I, I think you'll uh, you'll be fascinated by him, as all my special guests I think are fascinating. Um, Taylor, tell us about yourself. How do you pronounce your last name? It's just Abrahams. Okay, cool. Taylor Abrahams. Uh, welcome. And, and It's you're... got an E on the end of it. It's just, it's a superfluous nipple, you know? Nothing <laughs> I can do about it. It's, a, what's it, a vestigial? Uh, yeah. Yes. How's that? Um, cool. So you're a musician, and um, I, I, I met him through a, a Zoom gathering thing, and I was just impressed with this, just, this guy is so talented. So tell, tell us why you got into music, and... Oh, why I got into music? That's a way bigger question. So before this started, we were saying all kinds of uh, wacky uh, things that were quite fascinating. Um, More fascinating than why I got into music, but I think it kind of leads into why I got into music, which is just um, as a as a kid, uh, I've just always been fixated on doing things that are uh distinct and and unique and experimenting and exploring and trying out ideas and songwriting is just a a a great way to um put different things together and see if they work you know it's a good way to be a a a creative scientist mm-hmm. so it it was it, it was you know it was a nice short hand way for me to try out a lot of ideas and thoughts i guess huh. um and uh you know, being a kid, you know, when you when you're playing pretend on the playground or something like that, or even, you know, for me, when I was on my own, just, you know, playing with toys, it was always just how can I, uh, you know, make something cool happen in this moment? You know, how can I fill this with something interesting, I guess? And oh, so man, that's good. That's I love being unique. Right? I, I really uh, what's the word? I, I 
relish in uniqueness, right? And I love all that. So I, oh, I totally hear you. Yeah, and it's uh, and I, I, I try not to mean that in a in a pretentious way, like a sure. oh, I just want to be. I I was always special, and I I, I can't kind of give you a clear answer on why I the, was cool before. It was why? Cool. Yeah, or 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 why just uh, strange things um, interest me. You know, because um, there's plenty of people whose psychology I can't wrap my mind around where they're much more um, interested in things being very, uh, very safe and, and familiar all the time um, and and routine to a fault, you know. Sure. So, I, but I like I, some consistency, but yeah, it's yeah. 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 It, it, when it's it's more like you need to control everything. I say that, but I'm also such a bloody control freak. So I, I'm maybe I'm just projecting. Nothing I'm saying is making any sense anymore. Everything's uh, falling apart. No, it uh, means you have a high IQ. I'm totally there with you. Yeah, it, it it is. It's the island metaphor. You know, the more you know, the more of the water you see around the island, and the the less you think you really understand. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Huh. But I, yeah, I don't know. I just. Uh, you know, I don't know. You just you asked me why, and and whys are big questions. So I, I can't answer that too well. And if this was, the, you know, the Colbert show, then uh, you know, we'd already be at the commercial break. I would have butchered <laughs> uh, it. So uh, yeah, I need some interview practice. Anyway, I, I was on a show last Saturday, and it, it it went. I couldn't even finish my sentence. It was such a fast. You know, I I was happy to be there. It was time flies when you're having fun. But it was such yeah. a short show. We by the time I could get my idea out, it was already time for a commercial break. Yeah, no, it drives me nuts. It, it's funny how, uh, yeah, my mind is just like it's a bunch of free association that I just mm-hmm. kind of can't stop. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a uh, a byproduct of ADD or something like that. You know, you're you're constantly just going where the stimulation is. Um, yeah. But for me, it was you know uh, there was a lot of isolation as a kid kind of growing up in the country and, and having plenty of my life where, you know, the internet wasn't really quite a thing yet. You know, I vividly remember windows 95 coming into our house and like, you know, uh, like in 96 or something like that. And mm-hmm. the dial up modem and, you know, like waiting three minutes for this little photo of Optimus prime from beast wars to load on the screen. <laughs> like, wow. That's a photo. And it's just there. And it you know, like, it, no, I'm with you because I, I had a, t- like, I was not one of those kids who was in 50 sports and 50 activities, you know, and I had tons of time to think by myself. And that's definitely mm. something I, I, you're confirming this now. That's yeah, definitely so why I'm a thinker. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's really important to find ways to entertain yourself because mm-hmm. you start to understand what you like and, and you're able to put together all the information that you uh, unload on yourself uh, in new and exciting ways that can benefit humanity, ideally, you know? Oh, yeah, that's all oh, I'm so, always thinking in the car, yeah. even today as an adult, right? I'm in the car and I'm thinking, all right, how can we improve this? How can we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah. It, whereas uh, there's certainly been a temptation for me that I've uh, had, to, had to really fight against to just kind of inundate myself with data because you know since the pandemic it's extra easy and since smartphones it's extra easy to do that um rather than uh still cut yourself off and uh 
collect everything that you're experiencing and turn it into something better, you know? I used to spend um, hours every night ADDing on Wikipedia, and that's awesome. Yes. But I eventually yes. had to, okay, Mark, you know what? Honestly, it's there's nothing new under the sun, right? So I had to tell myself, all right, you know what? That book's probably cool, but I probably already know that concept. Or, you know, you have to tell yourself, yes. I'm not going to go down those aisles. And, and then you can focus on, hey, you know what? This is something I want to pursue. Yeah, and it's it's I, it's a, you know I I don't I I can't find an explanation exactly that you can put into words or put a formula on, um for when to do when it's like okay it's time to leave the books alone, and and you know when it's like oh they're all the same and it's a cynical response to it or when it's like okay, I've got what I need, and I'm just letting fear dictate my choices now and it's time to create something instead. You know, yeah. to counteract that fear. Yeah, um, and it's it's. I'm not being cynical. I just tell myself, hey, you know what? That book's probably really cool, but I'm gonna focus on yeah. stu- you know, on my path. I finally, after being really lost as as a young adult, not knowing what to do with my life, now I am really on my path. Good. That's great. I I uh, I'm I envy you in some ways, but I I think I think I am also getting clearer to just the path. You know, um, and maybe it's just. You know, the brain chemistry just changes enough that we just get clarity. Even if we're completely confused, just the brain figures it out for us, you know, and we act like it's our own journey when it's just biological processes doing their thing. You know, I don't know. Something and run with it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, for me, like I picked at a very uh, young age, art and entertainment and all this stuff. And um, I haven't really been able to see outside of that. And um you know, like I saw a Paul McCartney interview uh, recently where he's talking about like, you know, when the Beatles ended, it was like, you know, he has all this spare time and he's out and, uh, you know, with with Linda on the hippie farm. And it's like, OK, well, you know, what am I going to do? And it's like, well, I'm. it, it was hard for him, you know, because you're finally confronted with like the the infinity of things. But it's, it's like, you know, music's a, a, a tough uh, thing to break away from, you know, once, once you uh, really get into it. Um, and, and, you know, there was something about the look on his face while he said that, that, um, I related to, and I think this is what I'm trying to get to is like, there's also just this, this higher self and this intuitive self and this ability to perceive things that I can't quite put into words, but I can see it sometimes in people's faces when I talk to them or listen to them. And, um, and so it was like, it was comforting, not so much what, Paul was saying but just the the energy that he was giving off in that moment of like um you know god h- how he, like like he had you know he wasn't in, in quite a dark place and and uh and at the same age as him when the beatles broke up i was in a really dark place cuz i had just lost my studio and and like my it was like my whole uh beatles era in a way fell apart but i i also didn't have you know any hits to show for it or anything like that but still it it was um it was very stark to suddenly just be out in the country again and uh rebuilding things and rethinking about things and and what do you choose and and i just like how he's he chose music again you know i've ultimately done the same thing you know um at least for now you know and and it and it does come from uh an acceptance of like um 
what whatever you derive uh, joy from or find fascinating, um, it's oh, how do I even say this? It's just it's it's so tempting to just give it all up and start over in some other direction, but that's also terrifying, and it's also um, in some ways almost. Uh, extra selfish um, in a way that I don't quite feel right about. I certainly think that I need and and I deserve to entertain more of my curiosities and I've been letting those more into my life and having a bit more of a work-life balance. Like certainly I was an absolute workahol Uh um, to a detriment for most of my life since I was like six years old because I asked my parents for an acting agent and I, you know, I was going on film sets by the time I was yeah six seven and and all this stuff yeah and and so there's a lot of yeah cool but also like it just uh it really trained me to uh be a workahol and 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 scarf down that workahol and um there's a history there's histories of addiction in my family tree and mine was was workahol yeah yeah, and I believe me, I've been there. You know, I get it. I mean, it's 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 not a bad one to have as far as addictions, but I, I totally yeah. get it because I spent the past 10, 15 years now just burning myself out. I used to have really thick hair. <laughs> yeah. And wow. Um, but, well, but yeah, I, t- there's there's years for that. You know yeah, that. Yeah. You know, but but I I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it was a really. Uh, having things fall apart was also necessary for me. You know, it's that cliche of like to figure out um, how to be comfortable with just myself a lot more, right. you know? And um, it's, it's deepened the, the meaning of the art and music that I'm gradually making. Uh-huh. And, and You're not my, just uh, it out. yeah. And it's like, yeah, I can turn it out, but it, it's, I think Todd Rundgren said something like, like after he'd had a few hits, he was like kind of bored of it. It's like, I've been there, done that. I know, I know what that is, you know, Uh why would I want to go back there? And so I'm, and my heroes have tended to be, to be the ones, I think that was maybe more of an excuse on Todd's part. It's like, cause I think there is something kind of always interesting and like, well, how do you, can you strike a, can you have it all? You know, can you have the thing that pushes music forward and also, has some iconic hit that's always going to be in your Spotify top five or something like that, you know, like a little bit of both. Like, can, can you, can you play for both, you know? So it might've been a cop out on Todd's part, but I'm also not going to, um, you know, assert that by any means. Uh Um, but, but uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm trying to say that for me, a lot of my heroes have been people who are always, they put their curiosity above everything else Uh, right where they're not just in it to make money or just like like all right you know metallica it's that childlike curiosity that comes first for paul simon it's always been that that's why he will you know uh like in the uh i if you want to listen to a, a really fun thing there's a uh audiobook that's basically just interviews with him um, that huh. Malcolm Gladwell conducted, and huh. you know, uh, just every every time he's just he's always trying to push things forward. And even you know, he made a musical that flopped horribly, and he was in a very dark place from it. And then he went on an ayahuasca trip, and then it's like you can almost hear 
uh, the ayahuasca headiness over his next few albums. And then by the time he gets to his last uh, serious album, besides kind of this this uh, this song cycle thing he put out this last year, um, it it gets so bizarre, and he's using microtonal instruments, and it's like, you know, it just gets uh, further and further away from, you know. But I want Paul to just go and whistle and you know sing me and Julio down by the schoolyard, you know. Yeah. But it's it's uh, but he's always just like, no, screw you, I'm gonna do my own thing. And and people come along for the ride or they don't. And even when I saw him live, his last tour, he's doing all these, all the all these weird ass songs in you know nine eleven time that I want to hear that half the audience doesn't want to hear. But it's like as long as he does sounds of silence at the end, he's like he's redeemed then in he's everyone's redeemed. eyes, you know. <laughs> you know, I've got two great examples. As you say that, and you know, my head's light bulbs lighting up in my head, like to everything mm-hmm. you say. But um, there's two examples that I find cool. Uh, Metallica did an album called Saint Anger, and yeah. Phil Collins did an album called It was like a Hot Night at Phil's, where where he just. So Metallica's album was just them in a garage just banging on some garbage cans, or that's how it sounds. And Phil's album was all about him doing jazz. Like, what do you mean Phil Collins doing jazz? What? He's not jazz. He's 80s pop. And both of those albums, I thought they sucked, but I applauded them. Because it was, look, these people are doing something different. They, they want to be who they are. They don't want to be stuck in that, oh, what do they call it? Like the Seinfeld characters were typecast, right? Yeah. They didn't want to become typecast. They wanted to do something different. So I applauded them and I own both those albums, right? Yeah. No, I, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of my favorite artists have done really bizarre projects. Uh, speaking of Todd Rundgren again, uh, I forget the name of it, but in the early '90s, he put out an album. I think it got like one star with from Rolling Stone. Huh. But it, 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 but it's you know an album that's basically just a bunch of snippets that, um, I guess play together in a random order and create a new composition every time. Oh, you know, because you you just put the random button on your CD oh, player. Oh, but that's right? inventive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or you know the Flaming Lips. They had that uh, Zurika thing where they had four different CDs that you played at the same you tried to play at the same time through four different sound systems <laughs> and uh yeah and, and and if you timed it uh you know it's a different experience every time just because of the phasing differences between all the because you're never the gonna line them up exactly right yeah you know stuff oh, like that that's, or, and you know what for every hit there's a bunch of misses that we forget about right it's so in other words you gotta keep trying and trying and and a lot of them will be duds but some of them will be hits right like the you know we all know seinfeld and we all know a bunch of these shows but how many zillions of shows flopped beforehand you gotta well, try new things yeah well and and also uh who cares if it is a flop because there could be a myriad of reasons it is a flop that has nothing to do with the merit of the actual work oh um, I or, to, yeah and yeah. and, and and artistic merit is such a subjective thing. Yeah. Um, I, I I left a a comment on a YouTube video last night. I don't know. I think I had too much coffee yesterday or something like that. And and so I I sit up stupid late tonight, which is part of why I've been uh, a little late for this. I just I had to join the human race again. So thanks for your patience. Yeah. Um. And and catch up on some things. But I um. Yeah. There was a YouTuber who, um. She she tried this uh, little uh, gimmick out, 
Anyway, I, I won't I won't explain the whole thing because otherwise I feel like I, I won't get to the meat of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but I, I left a comment that was basically saying, um, don't worry about part part of what I said in it. It started to become just a really heady tirade. Um, was that every artistic contribution, you know. Are, they're just things of, to varying degrees of authenticity or inauthenticity, and um, and they all bring us slowly closer to some kind of like creative singularity, I guess, of of just you know blinding, brilliant, transcendental uh, art that <sighs> you know brings humanity to whatever the next stage is. So it, it's it's not so much a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And the when just gets a little expedited the more courageous people are, you know? Um, wow, it brings but, clarity. But, I love it. Yeah, but it, but it's it's having uh, the compassion to be like, okay, you know, it yeah, it, it is going to be a an up and down thing. You're not always going to put out um, something that's, that's perfect. You might even think it's perfect at the time. And then you look back on it with a, a clearer mind or, you know, after you stop drinking or whatever it is, and then are like, Oh, Oh, oh God. What was that? I, that's, that's on my uh, permanent record now. Great. Oh, um, or right. whatever it is. What did I do? But, but then it's, but then if we want to get really, uh, you know, Alan Wattsy about it, um, it's, there's no separation between people, right? We're all just different collections of energy, uh, who have certain things that only we can create and it's up to us to just uh, create uh, those things. And then they all kind of cascade in some elaborate butterfly effect where, you know, sometimes something uh, someone made that 10 people heard one of those 10 people are going to be someone who uh, are so inspired by it that they create something that, you know, impacts millions of people. Um, And, and, and also they could impact millions of people meaningfully in like a super positive way or super negative way, or just like, like a little spritz, like, like, like apathy. Like, you know, there's certain, there's certain songs we all know, but we, you know, don't really have any attachment to it. It's just someone had enough money to push it out there enough. Oh, every Um, retail store I walk in and you have to hear the same 20 songs over and over again. And Jack and Diane being the worst song in the world. In my opinion. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I'm, so on 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 the uh, same page with you that in like people summer 69 i don't yeah, like summer 69 either. yeah but why do people love it like there's people in my city they they just thrive on the most boring thing like they all drive silver camrys and they worship the buffalo bills and they love jack and diane and summer 69 well <laughs> human beings like security because it um silences the the chaos of the mind you know they've also never been exposed to better stuff and i'll tell you something in response to a lot of the stuff you're saying about you know merit versus popularity um my buddy jimmy also thrives on being distinct and unique as you said and he's friends with a band and i'm going to introduce you to them and i i I, sorry i I do want to just say one thing though it's like yeah um some people are just what they are and and they're serving that purpose right you know it's it's like if you if uniqueness by its very nature, not everyone can be it, right? Whoa! But but but, yeah. but every person, but every person can be, um, you know, on the on the road to themselves and get better and better at letting what they are out. 
Right, because right? I was I was one of those unenlightened people at one point too. Yeah, and and but that brings up a huge point. If we all listened, and he says this too, Jimmy says this about this band, is that if they were popular, then they wouldn't be unique anymore, and then we wouldn't, you know. But this these guys, you would love them. They're all UC Santa Cruz music graduates, and they're trained in the most craziest, most obscure didgeridoo bazooki like these exotic world <laughs> instruments right and they're incredible and he and i always kind of hang our heads because it's like oh you know taylor swift has billions of fans and these guys who are incredibly talented and have the most intricate music they have like 10 fans right but but you're right that it's, yeah they wouldn't be unique if they weren't unique well and, and also one of those 10 fans could be you know someone who uh because of some note that that didgeridoo plays one time has uh is relaxed enough that they have some crazy epiphany and you know they they invent something wonderful you know um so it, it's it's i'm just trying to say that we're all just energy moving around and any success is and, and any failure in the entirety of our lifetimes are really something that we can take some responsibility for and and that's either something that's going to give you you know an aneurysm like what i i like contributed to genocide indirectly or it's something that's um going to uh empower you but i i think that you know that's kind of a, a pov i'm taking on lately of like yeah we're we're all there there's no real separation between all of us and so that helps the ego dissolve that helps this notion of like well you know i'm not successful you know start to dissipate and you know capitalism is going to want to encourage uh the the individualistic um way of looking at things and is going to want everyone to fight to you know um be really rich because you know that's how you make people spend more money, you know, if, if it's about individual success, but it, it, no matter what, it's a collective success and there's no separation between us. So, and you know, you've already made it by the mere act of, of existing and doing stuff. You've already made it. Oh, wow. And, and to your point about, like you said, maybe the, the one of the 10 fans might have an epiphany because of this, right? In, in, I'm, I'm writing two books actually coming up, and, and I want to tell oh, you cool. about both. But, but one of the conclusions in the first book, I say, look, I, I actually I, I invented something, and it was going to be huge, and then it fell apart. And, of course, spending a lot of years reflecting on it, lamenting, and all that. And one of the things I realized was... You know that that phrase they say, "Be the world to one person," right? Where if you're famous and all that, but you have no family, no one's gonna care about you. Uh, you know, zillions of people might care a tiny bit about you, right? But if if you can be the world to a few people, that's actually better. Mm-hmm. So, so I like what you're saying. Is is you could have zillions of fans. Or you could have a few people who truly, truly care about you and truly appreciate you and what you're doing and whatever. So that's that's really cool. Um, yeah. We are going to we're going to cut this into two episodes. We haven't, <laughs> oh, we haven't gotten into anything yet. So this was just our introducing oh, no. you. No, and that's cool. Like we we've got 
we got uh, time, so we're gonna do two episodes here. This will conclude the first episode. So um, yeah, I guess we can't. Really, we just talked about concepts and stuff. But I mean, I it's, it's, it's like the Jim Carrey thing. Like I am not Taylor Abrahams, you know? Whoa, <laughs> mind blowing. So uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, I guess I guess that's that's a a picture of me. The the, the real picture of me, I guess, is I don't know. I I it's hard to even you know have. I, I don't know how to cultivate a brand that represents me or you for anyone to, you just to know did. who the hell I am. You uniqueness know? Yeah. And, and absolute uniqueness and care and wonder and connection. Like that's you you gave us that. Oh good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um so your song is Fall and I'm gonna use that as my intro and outro for, for these episodes because it's so cool. And oh, so thanks. I wanted to do that for you. Um, and, and one thing I want to tell you, too, is one thing I really admired about you when I when I looked at all your YouTube videos. I listened to almost all your music videos on YouTube. And <laughs> the one that really touched me was the one where you used home video footage of you and your mom. I thought that was just the most touching thing. Oh, thanks. The 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 uh, Was that the Heaven in Your Eyes one the with the 60s footage or yes. or the Out Like a Light one? Where Actually, with, both. With her and the Parkinson's. Yeah, okay. I saw both. Yeah. One of them was the 60s and one was later. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So I, cool. And I end up having to edit all those videos. So thank you. I'm, sure. I'm glad they they hit for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You you put that personal touch in when you edit it, I'm sure, because you knew, you knew what was going to work and, and what... Um, so that's cool. Uh, one last thing I noticed in your email signature, I think it was, where you said, save the oddballs and they'll save the world. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that's kind of a, a culmination of, in a way, what we're kind of saying right now. It's But I I might need to update that or something like that, it, but it just rings well, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I think that there's... Uh, yeah, such a push towards conformity in every sense. And and the internet, I think, makes it an easier place to embrace your insanity or at least let it out. But mm-hmm. I think they'll, they'll, there's uh, there's obviously this, this really creepy uh, reckoning that's being had between um, corporate life and then the rest of the internet because – it's it's almost like there's this giant inside joke that the entire human race is saying to each other where you watch a YouTube video where it's just like capitalism or how broken the system is or how insane this person is on TikTok, you know, making these videos uh, where they're sexually eating fruit. But it's like, you know, they're making a killing at it. So that's why they're doing it, um, you know, and so that they can get us to talk about it. And then my job is just to react to it and talk about it and, and this ah, feedback loop. And so then, right, and then right. every... it's, it's a vicious cycle of just waste. And, yeah. Or, or, you know, like people talking about, talking about, talking about yeah. the one person who did something unique. Talking about, know? talking about, talking about, right. It's just turn it all off and go do something good. I like, I don't participate in social media. It, it's, and, it's, and, yeah. It, it's like, uh, you know, I I took leadership courses sometimes where they talk about like, you know, living life, you know, in the bleachers, like in the stands or like yeah. really playing the game of it. Yeah. And there's like the few people out there willing to actually just be on the field. And then and now it's like you've got bleachers and then you've got bleachers looking at the bleachers, you know, and it, like yeah. it's like they've made a, a paywall, a metaphorical paywall where it's like, you know, the, the react YouTubers are the yeah. ones at the closer to the field and then they they relay it to the people in in the b tier who relate to the people in c tier and they're all trying to monetize it every step of the way right. <clears throat> and, and um, people are uh, consuming it because people no longer have critical thinking skills and no longer question whether or not they should be wasting their time doing something in my opinion 
Well, well, if it's like, well, I can make money at it, then it kind of short circuits common sense and people start doing weirder okay, and weirder things. And that's a huge point, because when I was young, mm. I, you know, like people, I know a ton of people who are like, oh, I just do it to make money. Like, I never do what I do to make money. I do what I do mm. because it helps people and the money comes later, mm. right? Because there's plenty of stuff I could be doing, like when you said earlier, giving up music and going doing something else. I could easily give up my job and go do something else, but it's not who I am. It, I mean, it wouldn't be pursuing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I, I well, I commend you for that for for going for that authenticity for sure. Um, I, I just to finish my thought, I think yeah. also what I was trying to say though is like it's like you watch these chaotic videos, and then it's like you know every couple minutes there's like a five second ad for like a freaking phone game or for a bank that comes up, yeah. and then the bank still has this like bizarre airbrushed uh, image of like what it is to be a millennial that they've like really carefully researched. And so, and, and it's like, you know, the, the black girl with the white guy and they're, and they're getting their first apartment and they're smiling and they're putting down the, the boxes and they're setting things up for the first time. And, and he gets out his phone and he like orders the pizza so they can have the pizza on the floor. And it's like DoorDash and, you know, it, it's, and it's just, <laughs> you just painted it's, such a perfect picture. I could have made thousands of dollars pitching that ad to an right. ad company. By oh, the right. Way. And they would have gobbled it up. They would have loved it. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like DoorDash making moments, you know, you just say some right. shit like that. <laughs> and then, um, but it, it's all just like you, it's, it's people saying the world is burning, the world is burning. And then DoorDash and then the world is burning, the world right. is burning. DoorDash. And it's just, uh, it's just <laughs> the contrast. It, it's such a cognitive dissonance. That, and, and that's the problem with social media is what it does to your, just your brain when you are uh, forced, like it's, you know, yeah. flipping between TV channels times uh, 200. So it's or really a thousand. And so, it's just who of, can of bombard you more versus, you know, presenting a, an idea on its merit. Right. Yeah. And, and hey, then, I've got this business idea. I think it's great. Help people make money and then or bombard. And, and then. And then it's like what makes you 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 basically have no choice but to go completely numb because you're not really present you're kind of yeah you're kind of in a coma yeah. it's it's like your life is flashing before your eyes and you got um, helicopter parents bombarding you with reminders and now gmail nudges you this is the most millennial thing ever gmail mm. um berates you and says you haven't responded to, to this email yet here's what we think you should tell them what mm. I haven't got them saying, here's what you, I think you should tell them, but definitely, like, would you like to, it's, you haven't responded in three days, and you can dismiss um, the nudge. But yeah, yeah. I, I know I know what you're yeah. saying. And, and, uh, and you know, predictive text fill-ins and, and things yeah. like that, for sure. I mean, are we um, that? Yeah. Um, let's... And so, so it's, yeah, it, it just gets to a point where it's, uh, how do you, uh, how do you use any of this for good? And, and then the and then even if like you stumble upon something that like makes you somehow within seven seconds or one minute of watching it makes you cry, you know, um, and because because they're so good at grabbing you and then and then you're like touched by it somehow. Then the next thing's yeah, it's just going to be DoorDash and, and, and it's all just <laughs> undercut. So so what I just I don't I I don't understand how economies it, it proves to me. Some, that economies are just ideas you know the attention economy 
proves to me right. that it's all the, just that's what ideas. they call it the attention economy absolutely and so yeah and it takes ideas in order to grab people's attention and so it really does just prove that everything's just concepts at a certain point right and and i'm in it um we're gonna we're gonna wind down this episode here, and we'll come back for for episode two. But I'll yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, this is awesome. This is I'm good. Thrilled. I'm glad. Um, but I'm in it to prove the total opposite because I've had zillions of consultants lately. Okay, Mark. Oh yeah. You need to bombard people with TikTok videos. You need to bombard people with YouTube videos, and maybe that's cool. Whatever. I get it. I mean, I have to get my word out there somehow. You know, I'm I'm really good at not promoting my good ideas. But I, I hope that my my uh, my cynicism is somehow wrong but i don't think it is but i also yeah it's like it's a democracy but i don't think i have a choice i'm just gonna have to make a bunch of content uh, uh clip it and uh and stuff and uh build my little audience that way it's the joni mitchell quote you know you gotta make a lot of money and leave this crazy scene oh, cool. you know so right that- like i i i'm kind of at a loss um for what else to do like stand for what you believe in and and add it into the the noise and i guess there's just people who have different brains than me and maybe somehow like we were saying before like you know that that one cuz i have had crazy things happen where i i put out some content and then like someone reaches out to me who's a successful songwriter and we write something together cool. like it does That's it great. does le- even if only like you know it got 20 likes or something like that yeah. you know and so it, you really do never know what something's going to lead to or if you're saving someone's life somehow you know oh, yeah. so with some encouraging so, song or whatever yeah and and that's the thing yeah. too like when i say i wish things weren't so obscure and i wish they were more popular i don't mean necessarily money sure but what i really mean is look i've got a great idea here and i wish people could enjoy this awesome thing like i do it with everything yeah. you know like uh, little hidden gem restaurants or like, Oh, I wish everyone knew about this because it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. And, and like, I, I think that just the, the world itself and, and something about capitalism or it's just, things aren't nimble enough. You know, it's like if someone has a great idea and it's worth implementing immediately, um, the world should be designed to implement it as quickly as possible. And Not... that's been my problem for 10 years. I have a wonderful yeah. idea. I can bulletproof people's technology, right? You'd think that would that would spread, but no. I have. It, it's been years for me trying to figure out how to get this out there. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that's that's the thing. Because I like to argue on merit, in, and here, this is my idea, here's the merit, instead of bombard, bombard, bombard with repetitive, you know. Um, we're going to be right back here. That was the end of episode one. Um, Taylor Abrahams, this has been an awesome conversation. I hope y'all are enjoying this so far. Um, buy my book for all your friends. Thecomputerexorcist.com is where you can find that. And we'll talk to you next time.